Play it, play it, play it, play it. We are gay like a fruit. We are looking like a snack. You are listening to Fruit Snacks. Here we are for another glorious midsummer day afternoon. <sighs> What's the huff and puff for? Summer. It's September. I want fall. In California, summer doesn't stop until like October. Well, then I'm moving until October. October 31st is usually when it gets cold. Ew, that's season. two months away. Yeah. It's honestly, I say that, but like I'm kind of not joking because I remember every year when I would go out for Halloween, I'd be like a little slutty slut when I was in my early 20s and it would always rain yeah. on August 31st and it would be freezing from then August on. August or October? October 31st, mm-hmm. sorry. When is Halloween? <laughs> I'm just seeing other people post photos of like sweaters and scarves. Ran- like not day in, day out, but like at night they'll be getting chillier. And I'm like, oh, I you say that until jacket. this house becomes like an icebox. I got my space heater, girl. I'm good. <laughs> Hi, guys. I'm Brian. I'm Shane. And you're listening to Fruit Snakes. guys jumping right into this week's episode we're just going to extend this fruit roll up because i feel like there's so much to talk about in the current climate of american pop culture as well as social injustice so we're just going to kind of wrap up this week in a lot of things that we've talked about previously and um new facts that have come out and stuff like that so Mm -hmm. let's just jump into a fruit roll up and start more traditionally shane how are you good um I don't know. I don't know, like, what to update people on. I'm still jobless, um, but I'm okay with that right now. Like, I'm not, I'm not, like, panicked or anything like that. I'm kind of at ease, but um, when I'm does still the, looking. W- when does the panic start coming? When's that deadline? Honestly, uh, I have rent set aside for the next six months. Mm. So, like, in terms of living expenses, I'm good. Um, but I don't want to just, like, sit on that money and, like, yeah, waste totally. it. Yeah. Uh, so, I would say, like... In a month or two, I would start to feel like, okay, when am I going to find something? Yeah. But I still have some time before I even need to, like, worry in that yeah. sense. Yeah. What's plan B for you? Um, honestly, just checking back at the places I've already started applying to. So, like, Trevor Project. I'm just looking for updates. And I actually just applied to a job today. Well, what's the job? Um, it's basically, like, a digital supervisor for their lifeline counselors. So, I would be... Basically overlooking all the conversations that are happening, from what I understand of the position, all the conversations that would be happening between people calling in for suicide help and the counselors who are on the other end of that line. Cool. Yeah. I feel like, um, for me, I'm like broke as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I say that hypothetically, but like I have money saved away like you, but... I have like a separate account for spending money and that one is like depleting quickly. So um, yeah, but I'm not slowing down on spending. So, you know, (laughs) real responsible. Yeah. Uh, But I don't really give a fuck. I mean, I care, but I'm looking for another job as well. Mm -hmm. Cause like Disney, I don't think it's coming back anytime soon, which I I did hear though, that they might open up in October. So this is some insider tea. The park might open in October. Mm. I can't foresee Disney being closed during the holiday season. Yeah. Um, I think they should, but I feel like that's too much of a big money maker and they're yeah. willing to risk everything to get that money because that's Disney. So yeah. I believe that that would be the case. Um, but I guess my show, because we're an outdoor venue, is in phase two of opening. So hmm. I think we're closer to being reemployed. Interesting. But I don't hold my breath because things change on the drop of a drop of a hat. I will say I'm sure it's different because it's a theme park, but 
Orange County has been taken off California's watch list. Oh, work. Yeah. Cool. So I know things have like started reopening there. Um, it's, it's weird because we're so close to Orange County, but we're technically LA County. So like everything by us is still shut down. Um, and we're absolutely still on the, the state's watch list, but Orange County's not, but I also feel like they like push themselves off the list. (laughs) Like they just boycotted themselves. They're like, we're not on the list. The list doesn't exist here. (laughs) Like they're like, you're positive, but we're not going to write it down. Yeah. yeah. So that it doesn't look like anything. I mean, we don't know. This is all just jokes, but, um, I will say that I worry that in the fall time and the winter time, it's going to spike again. Because I think part of it is the summer, like, sickness doesn't happen as often as, like, when it's cold. But Yeah. Well, I forgot I mean, where I read. Maybe it was Europe. Somewhere's already starting to see, like, another increase in numbers. It's going to happen. Yeah. Even before um, all of this happened, they, they even said, like, when they were predicting this pandemic, that there's going to be obviously a big spike when it first starts spreading. Yeah. And then it's going to slow down in the summer and re-spike again. So that's why I'm, like, not holding my breath on any of this shit. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I try, I don't, I don't even know what I want to do for a job. Like, I don't know if I want to like try to get a serving position real quick just to kind of generate some cash. The thing is like, I enjoy flying. Obviously I still, ca- I'm still doing that job, but it's so up and down with like how it actually is going to be when it comes to like scheduling and stuff that for I don't sure. feel like I can get a full schedule like I used to. And then on top of that, like I'm kind of tired of flying mm-hmm. um, and being away, not because I don't like the job, but like the job isn't what you enjoy about yeah. the job. Like I'm literally on the plane and sitting there doing nothing for hours on end because we don't really do service and I'd rather use my time more usefully. Yeah. Even if that is like being home and doing a serving position, to be <laughs> honest, just to do something. And I don't know. We'll see. I, I could like teach privates at the, the gym. Mm hmm. Because I can charge $65 an hour and on the weekends, like maybe do like eight hours of that. And that would really be a nice chunk of change. But Mm -hmm. I fucking hate teaching privates. (laughs) (laughs) But desperate times come calls for desperate measures. So if anybody wants to learn a backhand spring, hit your boy up. (laughs) Um, So what do you have for us this week in pop culture news? Well, I would first like to give a very warm welcome back to The View, which starts back today. Well, oh, I didn't ep- even know they- when this episode airs. Did they go on hiatus? Yeah, they get like a month off in o- in August. Uh. And then I believe once they come back, like starting September, it's like officially their new season kind of thing. Because they take a couple hiatus through the year. I see. Um, but I think this starts their new season. But I'm just really excited. I'm a little sad because Megan McCain is gone. Not she's- not for good. Sorry. She's on maternity leave. I see. Um, I believe she's like set to have her baby pretty soon. Um, I like feel relief for her because she hasn't posted photos or been on camera from the shoulders down since she got pregnant because she's so scared of people like attacking her, attacking her for what she looks like pregnant. Um, and so I hope she like gets to have her baby in peace and you know, whatnot. Um, they're bringing back Sarah. Um, I can't think of her last name. Anyways, uh, one she used to be a co-host, and then she started on the Michael and Sarah and Kiki show on ABC. Okay. They had, like, a daytime show. I see. So she bumped over to that, and now she's back. Um, I believe, though, she's just filling in for Megan while she's gone. What are her viewpoints as far as, like... Well, that's the thing, is, like, she blends in more with the, the panel, so... Up until now, Megan's been the only like rogue vo- voice. See, they need every to, like how many people are on the panel? Five, four. Uh, there used to be five. Now there's four. They need to have like a split, like more diversity in that sense. Even though like 
I don't necessarily always agree with Megan McCain. I think that yeah. healthier dialogue happens when people are open to having that dialogue. And I think it's sad when I do tune tune in that Megan's always like the one holding down the fort for that Republican. She fight. is uh, even, but it's it's kind of strange because even when um, who was her friend that I didn't like. I'm blanking on her name. I don't watch that show. So but you know no who clue. I was talking about? Because she was also sort of like a conservative voice. Oh, Abby Huntsman. When Abby Huntsman was on, she was definitely more of like a, a conservative, mm-hmm. um, right-leaning uh, voice. Voice, thank yeah. you. Um, but they would disagree at times where Abby would try to... Abby tried to play this like mediator position, though, where she would like... She'd be like, well, I agree with Megan, but she would she would try to be, I guess, just more like nice about her her point of view because Megan's very blunt. Yeah. Um, but it was interesting to watch Megan kind of attack her at times because I'm like, girl, she's the only person on your side. Like, don't <laughs> attack her. Um, but now with with Sarah coming back, it's more of the same. Mm. So it does kind of suck because it's like listening to you and I talk about religion where it's yeah. like, okay. Like, uh, you you can listen and you can hear points of view, but, like, but there's, there's not... nothing new. It's, yeah, like, you kind of assume what we would say about Yeah, so things. I'm curious yeah. to see what the format looks like. And I don't know how long Megan's out. I'm assuming at least a few months um, or a couple months. But I'm excited that it's back nonetheless because yeah. I enjoy watching them. Do you um, digest your news otherwise? Other um, than The View? Other than The View? Yeah. No, I mean, I get, like, uh, news alerts from CNN. So, like, throughout the entire day, I'm getting, like... Uh, both national mm-hmm. and global like news updates, but nothing that I'm like all of all of the titles make me feel like reading into it more. I'm not gonna learn much more about what it is because it's above my head to begin with. So uh-huh. I'm like, okay, at least I know that this is happening. Yeah. Um but I will say I do get daily news updates every morning from the skim. I don't know if anybody's familiar with that who listens, but it's uh the skim S K I M M. Um, it's women led and sort of women driven. Um, but they also give national and global news. Uh, but it's sort of summed up and wrapped up. I think I've talked about this before in, in like a brunchy kind of way, like as if girls were just sitting around brunch and like gossiping about Mm -hmm. news. So it's very easy to digest. Um, and I read into that every single morning. Do you follow any conservative news sources? Uh, actually Recently, because of the presidential election, I have been watching a lot of Fox News uh, YouTube videos because mm. I, I just like highlights of news and YouTube cuts everything down to very minimal um, clips. So I've been watching a lot of Fox News videos, specifically Chris Wallace, um, who I feel like is boisterous in that he calls out either side when he thinks that there's bullshit. Mm-hmm. So um, I appreciate that. And then I've been watching a lot of... Um, Tucker Carlson, um, who infuriates me more than anything, but I still listen because he is one of the most, if not the most viewed news anchor on Fox News. I think in general, well, maybe Fox News, yeah. but I, he's up there. Um, so I, I listen to him just because I'm like, there must be a lot of people who believe in what he's saying. Right. and I want to know what that is. Well, that's my thing, too. It's like. If you're going to look into news, I really, really, really believe that you should look into both sides and get deep in the other end because then that's your, like, way to understand why people yeah. feel the way they do and then you can really, like, base your opinion off of that because 
when you're getting it all obviously from the same source it's like clearly it's going to support what you feel but i always try to sit there and listen to fox news and i like always look into fox news not that Mm -hmm. i support it i guess i am if i'm reading it but i always like to see their viewpoint yeah one to either strengthen my own or at least try to find some sort of like common ground yeah Yeah. um it doesn't happen very often but (laughs) i think it's important as a human to like see that side because like i always preach it's not about right or wrong it's just this or that yeah um, but yeah, their reality is sometimes altered and skewed and it's funny to look at, at least from in comparison to my reality. It's, yeah. It's very, um, I'll also say we didn't, we didn't put out an episode last week, but I did watch all four nights of the RNC mm. like in full. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of that was me like laughing or being mad. And I guess that's me just being like a left left-leaning well, person i don't even think you right have leaning. to be like a left-leaning person to find the hypocrisy and the comedy in that it literally felt like an snl skit the whole time like they were making fun of what politics should be and my one big takeaway is like it was funny that they were like talking about all these things that the democratic side does but then yet like you guys were in power for the past four years and it's mm-hmm. the way it is because you guys are creating are it that way power. you know they're like america's bad because of x y and z but i'm like you just yeah. had America in your hands for four years and it's like that. So it's nothing, you know what I mean? Like take some responsibility. Yeah. But the big takeaway that I, I bring this up is that um, when they were talking about Joe Biden and um, his son getting all these benefits from like oh, yeah. being political, you know what I mean? I'm yeah. like, bitch, look at your speaking lineup. Mm-hmm. There's like seven Trump speakers. So yeah. <laughs> yes, your family was, is... I think the most was six in one night. Your your family is like clearly profiting off of you yeah. being that. Yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just definitely a different... Um, Mm-hmm. world experience when it comes yeah. from that voice i just don't understand I am, I am curious to see so they're talking now because we're past the the conventions and so now they're starting to sort of dip into what the debates are going to look like mm-hmm. and i'm like so excited for these debates um i'm not because i really feel like joe biden no matter how good joe is going to do it's just going to be annoying like he has to be on his game and i don't know if i have trust that he is yeah. I, I i don't i don't think he's gonna sound as dumb as trump but i just worry that like well the two things i'll say in his defense the first is his closing speech for the dnc was one of the best moments of that entire Fortnite convention in that i'll also say i didn't know that joe biden has a stuttering issue mm. or like overcame stuttering growing up and so a lot of times what i thought was him just like faulting faltering within his speeches was more of him like having a speech impediment he was just like doing the best he could that gave me a little ease and like okay maybe he's not like just old or tired or whatever it is it's it's also him it's Mm -hmm. his style of speaking and i can't fault him for that um but i'm almost less interested in that and more interested in kamala versus pence kamala versus pence um i think because I love watching her in the Senate Judiciary hearings, yeah. I can't wait to watch her like obliterate. I or hope that is the case. Pence. You know that 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 dynamic right there, that dichotomy, is exactly what I feel like American um, culture looks culture like. looks yeah. like. Yeah, like it's like mm-hmm. a reflection of American culture over the past four years. You know, a white heterosexual male against all these kind of socially. Uh, progressive issues and then a black Asian woman going against them in like a very articulate way hopefully yeah I just worry because I know like you say Joe Biden's speech was really good at the end of the DNC I didn't see it but I Mm. believe you I just worry that like both of them are not good when they're like 
off the cuff. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, like how Joe Biden was like, if you don't vote for me, you're oh, not yeah. black. You know, it's like I get what you're trying to do, but like sometimes you miss the mark. So yeah. that's what I'm worried yeah. is that like. Well, I know that if any if there's one slip up, people are gonna run for the hills with it. And I just yeah. don't want it to like get away from the bigger picture. The other reason that I say I was excited for that is because Joe Biden is now calling for live fact checking Love through that. their through their debates. So whatever news source Love is like that. you know, airing their thing, it's like instant fact checking. So if Trump is like this happened. Uh-huh. The, the news station could put up little captions. It's like, actually, this didn't happen yeah. because of, the, you know, whatever. And I love that idea. I don't know if it'll happen, but I really hope that it does because there's just so much false information, which is funny coming from the guy who, like, coined the, the term fake, fake news. news. Yeah. Um, so I really hope that that happens. Well, that's that. the idea of, like, um, dictatorship is, like, mm-hmm. you know trying to just like put out propaganda as anything outside yeah. of what I believe is false. And that's yeah. exactly what he's doing. And I don't understand why people don't see that parallel. Yeah. Especially when people are like, you know, history repeats itself. It's like mm-hmm. when it's shown the facts, you're like, I can't see anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, I didn't personally watch the, the um, YouTube versions of like news outlets for the conventions. Mm-hmm. I just liked to watch like the generic one so that it wasn't interrupted. Um, but there were news outlets airing the conventions fact checking as well and people were commenting how cool it was to see in real time somebody lying yeah so i just hope that that happens for but the does debates. it really matter because the people who support this person is no gonna, they're gonna think of 101 ways why what is going yeah. on is wrong so it's like yeah. i like it and i support it but then also like at this point i think people understand where we lie i don't think much can come out for anything well, to change that's to what be confuses me is i don't i don't understand how there can be anybody at this point stuck on the fence of who to vote Mm, for i know like and that's not to say like you shouldn't be voting for trump i obviously never would but like even if you're not on my side how do you not have a side by now yeah what what about is what is happening is confusing you i agree to the point where you're like oh i don't know like who to vote like pick a fucking side (laughs) um but i'll kind of roll into the next topic because you talked about like dictatorship and all that and what annoys me is Mulan is officially out as of today, mm-hmm. and there's already a boycott on it. Why? Um, because the uh, lead actress um, came out, I'm, I just want to quote her uh, exactly, came out in um, December 21st of 2019, so almost a year ago, and said, I support Hong Kong police. She's talking about the police brutality that was um, being incited against all of Hong Kong's protesters Uh just a year ago. So instead of coming out in support of the people of Hong Kong, she was supporting the police, which would basically be like Blue Lives Matters here Mm -hmm. right now. Um, Well, I mean, it's not quite. Not quite. I'm just giving a parallel of like her defense of the police versus the people. It's sort of like. Because I don't I don't know if. I mean, I don't know. I think the Hong Kong thing is a little bit different because it's more of like uh, mainland China is trying to take back yes. Hong Kong. So yeah. it's not like they're like doing pre- police brutality where these protests are coming up because the police are being wrong. I think they're just supporting right. Hong Kong taking back or mainland China taking back Hong but Kong. But the thing is like protesting is not a thing there the way that it is here. Right. We're, I mean, technically we're supposed to be allowed to do it here. Um, but they try to shut it down real fast, at least in mainland right. China. 
And so, like, the the attacks were getting super violent. But she came out anyways in support of all of this, uh, of the police. Mm-hmm. And what I find interesting is, I don't know how long this has been trending. I haven't seen anything about this before today. But, like, why are we waiting until the day of? Also, the thing that I'll say is, like, I think it's wrong to support the boycott of this. When Disney picked this girl, like, easily two and a half, three years ago. Um, Because they went through, I believe, like a year of searching for the actress and then casted her maybe two years ago, I I believe I saw. Um, So we're looking at like a three year thing and she just came out with this a year ago. So like, how was Disney meant to know? And by last December, they had to have been at least halfway through filming to Mm -hmm. where they couldn't just like go back and redo everything. Um, But there's a lot of like actors and, and culture in that that I don't think we should be boycotting when this is a representation of an already marginalized group? Well, I think this is your experience coming from someone that isn't affected by that. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it doesn't affect you and you see the positivity of it all, that argument could be the same of being like, well, you're not affected by it, so that's why you don't care. Mm. Do you know what I mean? You mean the police brutality? Or just in general. Like, you're saying, like, why boycott the movie? But Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, maybe that's important to someone who is actually going through this, like, Hong Kong thing do you get what i'm saying and yeah just going into more history china didn't support mulan the movie in general they felt mm-hmm. like it was a very whitewashed caricature of asian culture yeah. so i think they already felt like Ugh, about mulan mm-hmm. as is i think what the the excitement of mulan for us as americans is that asian american story being told but it was definitely it's definitely being told through like american eyes rather than like traditional chinese yeah folklore and it's very like let me take like a very prominent figure in a different culture and like highlight it in a way that like isn't true to the character itself. And mm-hmm. that's why people I think also are having an issue with it. And so them saying and boycotting Mulan, I think is more of like a, I wasn't down for this bitch in the first place. Mm-hmm. Why not just add more fuel to the fire? Not necessarily yeah. like, let me celebrate this experience in this. Cause I agree. I think it's great that there's more like Asian actors and like um, a full Asian cast and all that stuff. But I think it, is a little bit deeper than that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I get it. Um, And I feel like with that said, like you say, why now? I feel like when is it right to boycott? Like, I feel like if you feel unjust, you should just speak it when you do. Yeah. You know, because it's like, when is a right time to protest? But I mean, like, she came came out with this statement, like, a year ago. Right. This is my first time hearing about it. Because now, at this point, I'm all psyched up for it. What if I had already bought the movie? And I'm like, well, fuck, like... (laughs) Well, then it's not your problem. I guess. (laughs) But the thing is, is, like, I I also feel like in the the eyes of the person who's going to, like, organize this, I would want to say, like, yeah, when it comes out, ruin this first... The the movie's success to to make a statement. Mm. Do you get what I'm saying? Rather than it being a problem... Not being a problem, and then, like, X, Y, and Z. But, like, now that it's coming out... Because there's publicity for it, yeah. you get natural publicity for something trending that's opposite of the praise of it. Yeah. And that's probably why they do it. I guess, like, in calling this out, I, I think my mentality is in calling this out sooner, you could have given... Uh, not that she deserves this, like, chance or opportunity, but you could have given... A different the opportunity Asian for actress. like a well not even that but for a conversation with say like the lead actress where uh-huh. disney prompts her disney probably wouldn't do this but like somebody prompts her to be like you really need to come out and either clarify what you meant change your mind or stand by what you said but then give people the the decision to decide like this was a year ago do you still feel this way do i think that it's right because we talk a lot about like cancel culture and what if she has changed her mind and i'm not reading that side of any of this um 
And here I am like telling other people to boycott the movie ignorantly without realizing like there's already been men's to this. Like right. this just happened with, we talked about Sean Mendez where he came out and apologized right. for tweets that came out over a decade ago. And people are just sort of like drudging it up again, but I didn't know that he had already apologized for it. But wouldn't that be your responsibility as a consumer not to just like buy into like whatever story and like get the full picture? Yeah, but that's that's sort of like the interest that I take in why it came out or why this is trending like the day the movie comes out versus like even six months ago when they were hyping up Mulan before theaters closed. Mm -hmm. And it why was this not like, hey, just a reminder, only six months ago she was supporting right police well right. yeah um but so, i yeah. also think like with that said that happens like the timeline of that happens all the time with different art uh like i don't understand like because this person is the lead figure of a new action movie that doesn't mean they have to completely agree with everything that you agree with if you don't want to watch the movie because of those viewpoints then don't watch it mm-hmm I don't understand what this is like. We were saying like this cancel culture, yeah. you know, like for me, I don't know. This is just a tangent, but this might not, this might or might not make sense, but like for gun violence, right? I don't support guns. I don't do guns. If, if we regulate guns in a way that like people can have it safely and not impeach or in, uh, not impeach <laughs> and pend on my livelihood yeah. or my, my, my safety, I don't give a fuck. Do all the guns you want. I'm not going to make a decision for you. But if you're partaking in the idea of owning a gun, you need to understand there should be rules, consequences. And if you want to take that journey, I support that yeah. of like making that happen. But should guns be abolished? I feel like, yeah, let's get rid of the fucking guns. Mm-hmm. Like who gives a shit, you know? Yeah. Not who gives a shit, but yeah, I yeah. don't think they're necessary. But I don't come from that experience to say they're necessary. So with that said, my own viewpoint, I'm like, okay, well, it is what it is, yeah. right? That's my whole take on like something like Mulan. Like if you feel compelled not to watch the movie, then don't watch it. If mm-hmm. you feel compelled to get the word out as to why you don't feel compelled to watch it, and that's your stance, by all means, support it. But I don't feel like you should get mad at someone else who f- – here's what you're – receiving and be like well i'm fine with it still i'm gonna watch the movie it's like okay well yeah you have every right to where it's like again with the whole idea of like is it right or wrong it doesn't matter it's just this or that and Mm -hmm. if like with this this idea of like she supported hong kong or whatever who's to say she's wrong because maybe she comes from a like life experience that is like supportive towards that yeah and again like i'm i'm not saying this in the sense of like trying to like support her mm-hmm. again i'm i'm just coming like this is news to me as you bring yeah. it up i don't know but i'm just playing that like devil's advocate of like well yeah there's definitely two sides of the story but if you don't like it just don't involve yourself with mm-hmm. it and like again that that success to that movie is based off of viewership and if you don't want to view it just don't view it yeah <laughs> But I even like implement that, say, into the story of like Black Panther. Mm-hmm. If there was a white character in that who in real life had come out and said something about supporting Blue Lives Matter, I'm not going to boycott that personally. This is just my own yeah. viewpoint. I'm not going to boycott that movie because you have an entire cast potentially of black actors and actresses who are saying Black Lives Matter. And those voices should outweigh the one like Blue Lives right. Matter there. And, and so... I, I guess that's sort of like how I justify that thought in my head or, or rationalize that thought. The one reason that I will say I understand and believe in boycotting the movie is there's no Mushu. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's my biggest issue. Yeah. Dragon lives matter. <laughs> <laughs> the few things that I want to talk about this week are um, things that we've mentioned in previous episodes, but they've just kind of finally came down with the verdict, especially with this first one. And then the other ones are more social issues that are going around in the current environment of 
the U.S. So firstly, um, Lori Laughlin, if you guys have been following that story with us, um, she was part of the college admission scandal where they these families were paying a ton of money to kind of like fake a college resume for their kids to get mm-hmm. into like prestigious schools. And uh, I think they paid 500,000, 500,000. Yeah. They yeah. were one of the higher spenders. Yeah. Um, but then like Felicity Huffman was also one. Felicity's case was closed a long time ago because she said she was guilty doing it. And so they, because she pleaded guilty, they like lessened her case. But Lori Laughlin was like, this is not bad. This is not wrong. Da, yeah. da, da, da. And so the end of the story goes like this. She gets five months or no, sorry. She gets two months in prison and her husband got sentenced to five months in prison plus like um community two service. years of su- um, supervised release during which she must perform 100 hours of community service and pay a fine of $150,000 according to the US attorney for the district of Massachusetts um Massachusetts yeah i don't know that's what it says my source Huh. My source. <laughs> My news source. Um, this is Fox News, huh? Yeah, and then her husband uh, received five months in prison and a $250,000 fine and two years of supervised release and 250 hours of community service. Both must surrender to the U.S. Bureau of Prisons before 2 p.m. on November 19th. Um, and both their daughters, they were trying to get them into University of Southern California, so USC. Yeah. Um, this is so annoying because she's like on record saying like, oh my God, like I, I wish I would have known. Like, I wish I didn't do it. Bitch, you knew you shouldn't have done it. Mm-hmm. That's why it was such a, sh- 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 <laughs> that's why it was such a secret. And like, yeah. you knew you were doing bad. The only reason you're upset is because you got caught. Mm-hmm. That's what like one is like the annoying thing. And then two, these people that were part of this ring fully had all the resources to get their daughters prepped to go to this school. Mm-hmm. They had the funds to go there. Clearly, if they're spending $500,000. Yeah. USC is a private school. Again, I don't know if this is the case, but I do know that if you flaunt enough money, they will let you in, yeah. especially if you're donating shit to them. So, mm-hmm. like, there was 101 ways around this problem that aren't, I'm not saying a better route, but, yeah. like, a route that didn't need to be taken. But they went through a lot of work. A like, lot of work. They they superimposed their daughter in, like, a rowing uh-huh. race. And that's how they got her in was she was like, quote unquote, part of the rowing team or, or some, on a rowing scholarship sport, yeah. or something. Um, but the thing is, is like, what message are you teaching your daughter? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, honestly, like if you got, if she were to receive a degree from that university that was unearned and then what gotten a job that she didn't deserve. Yeah. Granted, that is the U.S. <laughs> you know, a yeah. uh, success story. I think a lot of people are getting degrees that they didn't earn and mm-hmm. also getting jobs that they definitely aren't qualified for. Well, not but... even like degrees, but on that job point, like you mentioned recently, I can't remember. Oh, maybe it was when you were talking about like your life coaching thing and like talking to different people. Uh huh. And oh, when you were in your course for life coaching yes. and you were like talking to different people and you were like, how are these people in the positions that you're, that they're in? You know, like I'm, I'm much more qualified sounding uh, or seemingly than, than they are for the jobs that they're doing. And I feel that same way applying for jobs right now where like, I read the descriptions and I'm like, girl, if this was a dance audition, you would be like, okay, show me like pirouette, jeté, like this and that. And I would give you double of all of that. (laughs) Like I'm more than qualified for this. But I know it's going to go to somebody who might be just as qualified, if not more. But there's also the chance that it can go to somebody who can do like half of what they're asking uh-huh, for. Uh-huh. And there's not necessarily like a rhyme or reason. Um, and that's that's like infuriating because 100%. it is sort of like the overwhelming 
uh, feel of all of this. But not only that, like, um, what I was, like, reading when I, about, like, uh, I was reading about Contagion. <laughs> I know that sounds mm. so weird. And I only bring this up because it's on, on topic, but... The movie? No, um... It's called Contagious, Why Things Catch On in Pop oh, Culture. Oh, oh, oh. And I was just like understanding that kind of, I was reading it more for this podcast too, just to kind of get an insight. But one of the things they said is like, one of the strongest things is like uh, word of mouth. Mm. So like if you were looking for say, some sort of deodorant and I was like, oh my God, Shane, you have to try this deodorant, yeah. da, 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 da. You'd be more willing to buy the deodorant I recommend because you trust me as a uh-huh. person ideally, right? And that's realistically what the job workforce is. Like if mm-hmm. someone's applying for a job that's qualified, granted, it depends on the job. It yeah. depends on the case. But yeah. most cases, I feel like if the job isn't that, like if they hit most of the, the notes, mm-hmm. but they're not the best candidate, yet someone else recommends them and they're like, totally. I know this person, you'll love them, they'll get along. Yeah. Most likely they'll probably get uh-huh. hired. Just like at the gym, like I just interviewed um, like eight different coaches for a tumbling position. And some of them I knew of, they mentioned people I knew for, as far as references. So I called them and they're like, oh yeah, this person, da, da, da. And I got a better rounded picture of who that is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're more likely to hire them. So I get the double-sided thing where I'm like, that's annoying. Yeah, yeah. But then also I understand you yeah. on the other side. Um, but with this here in particular, like, your daughters already have all the resources mm-hmm. to be set up for success. I don't know why you need to scheme your way through it to also, even, like, go deeper. Yeah, also, like, the subconscious thought here is, like, why are we still... Look, I'm not putting down an education because we, you and I both have them. But why are we putting half a million dollars of importance into the idea of a degree when, A, you're already well off enough to get your job, 100%. to get your daughter a job without the education. 100%. Second of all, um, her daughter, like, not to say that she could live forever like this, but like her daughter was already a YouTube star, uh-huh. like doing fine for herself. And you felt like, putting a USC degree on top of her name would like somehow further expand her opportunity. Personally, I don't maybe like um, status wise. Sure. If you really want to like up that, but again, you are so well off enough that you don't need to do all of this just to get her a degree. If she doesn't want a degree or if she's not qualified enough on her own, then like she's still going to be okay at the Uh end of the day, more than okay. And she'd probably still fall into the same kind of job that she would have, even after going to the school. 100%. Um, but that's the thing about American society is that it's all about status and power and all yeah. the the wealth and the knowledge you can pull to say you're you're qualified or credentialed to like be this person that is your you're presenting, right? Because yeah. it's the same thing as like flight attending. People will always say, and I think you brought this up where it's like, oh, is flight attending all you do? Uh-huh. You know? And like people see me my coworkers even like flight attendants who are older than me who have been doing it for a while like um middle-aged women and they're like oh what did you do before this and they assume i'm like a young 20 year old yeah and i tell them like oh this and that and da, da, da. And i never brag i just like i literally don't say this only unless they ask and i even hesitate to say it but they're like oh what did you do and i say blah, blah 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 and i'm like yeah i have my they're like where'd you go to school and i'm like oh for my undergrad i went to long beach state and then i got my master's in education da, da, yeah. they're like Wait, what? And then all of a sudden I become more qualified to, yeah. you know what I mean? And I see yeah. more, like, more well-to-do and da-da-da. And I'm like, that's some bullshit. Because, yeah. like, none of that has anything to do with anything. Because, like, I truly believe had I gone through, like, my master's program or not, I would be in the same position. Because, mm-hmm. one, I'm not using that degree. Two, it really hasn't helped me in any way. Yeah. Um, 
as of right now, right? Like maybe some, there will be an opportunity for me to use that yeah. knowledge that I have. But as of right now, where my life trajectory is, I'm not using any of it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, that does not have anything to do with what we're doing, especially on the plane. Me having a master's degree doesn't make me pour Coke anymore. Yeah. So I don't understand why you respect me anymore. Totally. Even like with owning a house, they think when I say I bought a house, they're like, oh my God. And yeah. all of a sudden we're on like an even lane, uh-huh. even playing field one before. They're like, oh, you probably ran and da, 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 uh-huh. you live in London. I'm like... Girl, by, and even in Long Beach, yeah. they're like, where'd you buy a house? I was like, Long Beach. They're like, oh, it must have been affordable, huh? I'm like, yeah. girl, bye. Like, yeah. regardless, who gives a shit? Like, <laughs> girl, bye. Yeah. Goodbye. Uh, but yeah, this is just, I bring this up because in the bigger picture, it's annoying how people with power abuse their power. Mm-hmm. And if you had $500,000 to put towards this, like $500,000 could have really been used towards better things. Yeah. Whether it is for your family or... I mean, that again, this is on my scale of what's better. <laughs> yeah. This is probably really better for her in her mind, which is why she put $500,000 towards it. But if I had a $500,000, I definitely would not be doing that. I'd be like, bitch, you need to work hard to get where you want to go because yeah. that's a bigger life lesson than mm-hmm. paying your way through the world. Yeah. So long, Aunt Becky. <laughs> uh, moving forward, I have some more sad news. We're pretty much going to get into like social injustice and death. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but the first death that I want to talk about is Chadwick Boseman. Mm-hmm. Um, he had colon cancer. And I bring this up because I feel like he was such a prominent figure on how the current climate is, especially with Black Panther. But he was like a superhero in so many other ways, right? He played a superhero who was so prominent to so many people of a certain community being black yeah and then he also played like literal superheroes like jackie robinson and Mm -hmm. all these other huge marshall exactly all these like prob uh prominent figures in american society who actually have been like like role models and like real life superheroes for a lot of people and then on top of that doing all these roles while still having colon cancer and going back onto like other interviews and stuff that he's had um like for a while there people noticed that he was like losing weight and so many people were Mm -hmm. like dogging on him for that not knowing that he had colon cancer not that it makes it better that you because we he had it you shouldn't have said it like that's just to show like shut the fuck up but then on top of that like he was having an interview and the guy was like um you slimmed down for this role and bulked up for this role and slimmed down. He's like, is that hard? Like, that must be challenging. He's like, man, you would never know. That's Uh just another story to tell, you know? And that was while he was going through all of that. And it just is like, damn. Like, I remember seeing those photos and I was like, there's no way. Like, it was sort of like when, um, Matthew McConaughey dropped a bunch of weight for Dallas Buyers Club. Club. And it seemed like that, but I was like, there's no reports of like what movie he's doing this for. I didn't think twice about it, but I'm like, we knew what Matthew McConaughey looked like that for at the time. And with him, it was just like, oh, it must be for a movie role. And that was just sort of the assumption. But I also think like what's uh, super unique about this story is we're finding out so much of the positive work that he did while he was alive after he died. Yeah. Like in terms of like visiting kids in in hospitals or donating money to XYZ or doing this or doing that, it's all coming out now because he didn't feel the need to boast about it when he was alive. He just did it. Right. And that's, that's the ideal person to me. And this is why it's so sad is because you're not trying to do all these things for the uh pomp and circumstance. You're living through what you value in life based Mm -hmm. off of your life experience. And if you get praised, cool. If you don't cool, it does not matter to you because you're, selflessly putting your life forward to help other people Mm -hmm. to me i'm like you are a fucking hero yeah and 
not to mention like just like the logistics of it all like every director that spoke out about it and they're like there's no way he kept this under wraps every director was like no we literally didn't know he was going yeah. through this and battling this and not only are you it's difficult to be a leading star in a movie because you have to be there so like many so hours yeah. and like having been on set that shit runs from mm-hmm. literal butt crack of morning to the butt crack of dawn like yeah. Wait, butt crack of dawn? No, <laughs> dusk. Crack. Yeah. Dawn to dusk. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so that already is an exhausting thing. On top of being a superhero doing these fight mm-hmm. scenes and being physically demanding yeah. in these movies, I just can't imagine how fatigued he is. And yeah. for him to like muster the courage to know that this message that he's creating is way more important than his own battle and that selflessness, I'm just like, damn bitch like damn and to me i find that just so inspiring like Mm. so 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 inspiring and i feel like uh and i had this conversation recently with my parents and i know i mentioned this to you that we might do it as a topic but i'll just mention it here it's like when death is on the table you realize everything that you worry about is not Mm -hmm. important yeah like literally everything and i know that people always like and like yeah 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 but like realistically if you think about it like if you were to die, everything that you probably have in this moment does not matter. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's why he lived so authentically is because he knew his time was limited and he's going to put out what he believes is his best self. And For sure. I just want to like give out praise and also like my condolences to his family and everyone yeah. that seemed to have interacted with such a beautiful soul. Cause yeah, yeah that's really hard. I agree. Um, but moving on to more like, Sad, sad news. Not more sad, but sad in a different way. We wanted to bring up the Jacob um, Blake incident and why there were so many protests in Kenosha and then moving forward to that shooter named Kyle. We're going to give you a little backstory now so that you're kind of on the same page. I'm sure you guys know about it because it's obviously been in the news a lot lately. But um, this is according to CNN um, on August 23rd, 2020. um, Jacob Blake was a African-American man who was seen in a video um, kind of uh, resisting arrest and mm-hmm. trying to get into his car. And there were, like, guns pulled by these officers. And as he's getting into his car... Just to, sorry, really quickly to clarify, the the incident escalated because he... It's reported that he was trying to break up a fight already taking place, like, on the side of the road. The officers? Sorry, Jacob Blake. Well, yeah, I was going to I was going to go into it. Yeah. Um, But uh, as Jacob Blake's getting into the car, uh, the officers shoot him seven times for hitting his body and then naturally paralyzing him. But the call that was originally there was because um, I guess Jacob Blake had like a restraining order Mm -hmm. against the person that he was like going to visit Mm -hmm. in this incident. And then the police were called because I guess this woman was sexually assaulted by him. Mm. Um, and that's why it was called. And so I'm not saying that Jacob Blake, I'm surprised I didn't know that actually. Normally I feel like that's the first thing to come out is like what they've done wrong in their past to like justify what, well, that was kind of it. And then now they're saying, and this is, this is the current storyline, right? Where it's like, yes, that has come out, but that is, completely secondary to why you feel like it's worth someone's life right like even though he had a criminal past that doesn't mean you should shoot him yeah for doing that especially when there's no threat and i guess the police were saying and this is the problem is like the the story is so muddled it's like he said she said Uh but they were like he potentially had a knife 
and I'm going to get into more about why that that detail is so fucking annoying. Um, but yes, I get it. If you had a knife, cool. Like, I understand why there's that heightened sense of security and threat to these officers. But I also think that there's a definite way of, like, de-escalating the situation. And I'm going to put that in juxtaposition to what happened in Kenosha, Mm -hmm. Wisconsin. So, it is Wisconsin, right? Yeah. Um, So, moving forward, and then we'll get into it. I just want to get all these details out now. Mm -hmm. Um, In Kenosha, Wisconsin, there was a lot of Black Lives Matter protests for this incident. And there was a lot of backlash towards uh, police and all this stuff being like another incident where a black man gets shot un Mm -hmm. un unprovoked uh, or i should say unnecessarily it was provoked but unnecessarily and i don't think it was um it should have happened but regardless um i i bring this up because um two days later the encounter sparked another tragedy when a 17 year old who claimed to be defending a business shot three other people during a confrontation killing two of them um and blake's shooting reverberated nationally around um the world which canceled like the nba protested the mls protested the mlb protested um because they were saying that like we're still getting shot why are all these black athletes here for your entertainment yet Mm -hmm. you don't want to be about my life which i support too yeah um Confusion also spread about the shooting during the protest, which critics asking how the white teenager armed with military-style rifle, Kyle Rittenhouse, could have walked by police after gunning down two people. Mm -hmm. Um, And even after right-wing commentators were calling him a a hero for defending himself. So in essence... There was a 17-year-old person, and there's videos of him of being like, why are you here at these protests with guns? And he's like, I'm here to help protect and help the police. Uh-huh. Um, you know, kind of like wrangling these hooligans. Mm-hmm. And he was outside trying to like protect a building that he was afraid was going to get shot or looted, you know? And so he starts shooting people in protection. And to me, I'm just like, why are you at the protest? Like, why are you there? Well, that's what's so funny about that argument of he was protecting himself. Like, f- from what? His mom drove him over a state line to show up to, to that protest. To show up to the protest. If you were wanting to be protected, stay the fuck at home. Yeah. And that's what's, that's what's crazy to me is that, like, the only reason why this escalated is, is because you brought the aggression. Mm-hmm. Yes, people might have, like, attacked you or, like, said things to you because you brought a gun. But you started the fight by bringing the gun. Yeah. That's the problem. If you just showed up... Not I even bet just you, a gun. It was, like, a fucking rifle. A rifle. But I'm, that's what I mean. It's, like, if he were to show up, he wouldn't have felt in danger. Because yeah. no one would have went out to just get him. Mm-hmm. But you showed up as a 17-year-old kid who probably is irresponsible about guns. Yeah. I, I shouldn't even say that because realistically, I don't know him like that. Maybe he is responsible with guns. To me, it doesn't show that way if you're shooting free willy-nilly. Yeah. But you're going to shoot someone and then wonder why you're getting, like, attacked. Mm-hmm. Girl, you brought a gun to a fucking fist yeah. fight. Like, of course there's that aggression. Mm-hmm. And to me, I just don't understand that. And this is what's the kicker. And this is why I bring in the knife for Jacob Black Blake. Because he perceived to have a knife and he got shot seven times. Yet this teenager who is white shot three people, yeah. killing two of them. And shortly after, just literally walked by police who were there for the protest. Yeah, this is like so problematic in so many ways. And if you haven't seen this video of, um, uh, what was his name? The white shooter? Kyle. If you have not seen the the video of Kyle Rittenhouse in this incident, I highly encourage you to watch it. Maybe not the beginning part, because I believe there is some shooting in it. But the part after where, and to give backstory again, he was driven across state lines from Illinois to Wisconsin by his mother with that gun, which he 
cannot legally carry in either of those states mm-hmm. because he's underage. Um, left at the protest. And then at the end, when Brian says like he walks past police, like literally they ask him where the where the incident happened or whatever and drive pa- in like tanks and trucks mm-hmm. and cars, just drive right past him as this white kid walks down the street with a rifle. But uh, like you were saying, a black man potentially has a potentially gun. Potentially had it, not a gun, a knife. Or sorry, a knife. And it shot seven times in the back. Seven like, times. I just, and the kid went home. Like he wasn't even arrested he that night. Arrested. Like he went home. He was like fine, safe and sound. And it wasn't until like the day after or two days after that he was finally arrested. Mm-hmm. And it's, oh, like again going back to when we were talking about the conventions like just the hypo- hypocrisy in these two storylines um also if we're going to talk about like de-escalating situations and you still feel at the end of the day like your life is in danger and want to shoot somebody why are we not training to shoot like in the leg like shooting to kill yes that doesn't make sense the, and seven times in the back while his kids are in the back seat like what the fuck I can't believe that that man did not die being shot seven times in the back. He is paralyzed, but I can't believe he's alive at all. Um, well, he got shot at seven times, but only four. Still, not only four, yeah. but four actually penetrated his yeah. body. It's like ridiculous. And here's the thing that I pose this question. It's like, is a building, saving a building from a fire more important than actually people's lives? In America. And that's the crazy thing. It is more important than black lives. I, that is for yeah. sure. Because even if Kyle felt compelled to like save this building, why is that worth people's lives? It catches on fire. Yeah. The insurance goes back. The community can rally to like rebuild the building. Mm-hmm. That's happened in Long Beach. A lot of these businesses got affected, but the community was like, sorry that this has happened. Yeah. Let us like start a GoFundMe or whatever to get the money back so that you aren't a byproduct of this injustice, right? Uh-huh. Because that's what's annoying. And this is like another thing where, like I said, is like bringing a gun to the fight is already inciting aggression and going to t- like have people feel like they they feel threatened, right? That's like you going into an argument and then all of a sudden someone pulls out a gun. It's like, yes, you're going to feel threatened and then you're going to feel like you need to react. But mm-hmm. if you were just to be like, hey, let's have a conversation, none of that needed to happen. But then that's that person like almost like saying one upping to make that situation heightened. And I'm like, that's why I don't understand why he's going down as like some sort of hero yeah. when realistically he created this entire situation and all of a sudden we're at fault. The people who are on mm-hmm. the right side are at fault. I say the right side, but one side or the other is at fault. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it's annoying because like, if an African American was walking in this protest, waving a gun around, being mm-hmm. like, black lives matter, you know, yeah. pistol up in the air, you know, good and well, shit would have already been on lock and taken mm-hmm. down. You know, like he would have been yeah. handled, attacked, whatever. If a, if they were at a protest and there was a line of police and one black man who was on the other side of that line going against the police were to bring up a gun, you know shots would have been fired. Yeah. Yeah. But because you're on the side of the oppressor, it's like, yeah, we support it. That to me, that whole picture just doesn't make sense. And I don't even see why people can argue it. Because, like, if you were on the other side of the spectrum, they would feel differently. And I don't understand why you can't have that compassion or that wherewithal Mm -hmm. to flip the script to understand how someone might be feeling. That isn't your story. It's just, it blows my mind. And then lastly, I I just, I I don't even know. (laughs) Well, just before we started recording this, I watched a video that 
was just filmed in Times Square in New York. Uh-huh. And cops escorted Trump supporters and protesters into a car to get them out safely of like bigger protests happening. And uh, the car, not even minutes after it drove away, drove into BLM protesters. Oh my God. And then the cops are like running towards the car and people are like, why are you protect? Like, what about them is making you protect them and not us? You know, like clearly seconds after you put them safely in a car, they're running down mm-hmm. our own, our, mm-hmm. our side of the, of the protests. None of it makes sense. Like America, if we went into a civil war, I would not be surprised. Yeah. At all. I There's- mean, we're kind of in one. But I mean, like... Subtly, but yeah. Yes, more aggressively in the Civil War, I would not be surprised. Um, And then the last thing that I just wanted to mention, which ties into this kind of whole story, um, the story of Daniel Prude. So back in late March, this is according to the New York Times, um, the call... A call came over to the police radio in Rochester, and they the police were told a naked man was running outside under the influence of PCP and shouting that he had the coronavirus. And when a police officer when police officers arrived, they tried to handcuff the man. Um, again, his name was Daniel Prude, who was forty one. After he was arrested, he began spitting at the officers, so they covered his head with a mesh hood just to help. Mm-hmm. you know detain block, yeah. block the potential potential coronavirus and um when he tried to rise officers held him down on the ground because apparently officers felt like he was resisting arrest and one of them pushed his head to the pavement and held it there for two minutes with their knee on his back yes mm-hmm. and um after that he ended up going unconscious and seven days later he died in the hospital mm-hmm. um and I bring up this situation not because I think there's an injustice, because um, I do, yeah. but that's not the conversation I bring up, or this is not why I bring it up. This is the idea that clearly, if this man is running outside <laughs> naked, um, saying stuff like, I have coronavirus, clearly, m- mentally, there's something not connecting, right? Yeah. Like, there's mental instability there. Police shouldn't be the ones to react to a call like that, to handle it. In, in its entirety, right? Like, I think they should be there to ho- help with force, forcing... Detain. Detaining, thank yeah. you. And, like, because that's what they're trained for. or should mm-hmm. be effectively trained for. Clearly, they're not if someone's dying just yeah. by, like, being arrested. But this brings up the conversation of defunding the police. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like when people say defund the police, people aren't saying abolish the police altogether. Yeah. They're just saying reallocate the money that the police get into other programs that might help facilitate better can handle and care to the general public Mm -hmm. like this for instance and again i'm no person to say this is the the fix because i'm not an expert but i definitely think people do probably know better and should be in in place to like be the expert to say what should happen but if there's a call that there's like a mental situation like this someone should be with the police who is equipped to understand mental illness and all that so that when the police helps detain him with physical force there's that conversation happening with someone who is trained to have that connection to be like hey what's going on Mm -hmm. and not just like thrown around you know what i mean because it's just like someone who's in a nursing home who might have dementia if they're acting crazy you're not going to have a police go in there and tackle them to the floor because you feel threatened you know what's going on Mm -hmm. and you handle the situation accordingly yeah that's what we need to do when we say defund the police and i i have a problem with saying defund the police because i think that's misleading misleading and wrong word choice but i understand the message behind it it should be like reallocate resources or Mm -hmm. whatever the case whatever vernacular verbiage you want to use but 
What do you think about this? Well, there was actually a girl that I went to high school with who, since our time in high school and up until now, has had like, and she talked about this openly on her Facebook page, has had several psychotic breaks. Uh Uh-huh. And she put this whole long story about how every time she had a psychotic break, she was recognized as being a version of herself that is not controllable by her own mind. Uh-huh. And so she shouldn't be held accountable the way that she otherwise would be on a day-to-day basis. For sure. And she was like, every time I was treated with like respect and dignity and I was brought to a hospital and treated and you know, this and that. And that's essentially what should have happened in this case. But she was like, I'm fully aware that because of the way that I look and because of my background, I was treated in a completely different manner with than respect, this man was. Yeah. Um, and I, all it's doing is like proving the points that that have been um, made since we saw like the death of George Floyd. Mm-hmm. I mean, long before that, but in terms of like current civil unrest since George George Floyd's death, we've just seen time and time again like you have direct comparisons to two situations mm-hmm. that are completely similar. And yet, every time there's a black person involved, the situation is always escalated so much further than a white person's mm-hmm. ever was. Mm-hmm. Like, when you look back at all of the mass shootings, all of them are white killers. And all of them were arrested civilly and brought into to police stations. Not shot. Not shot And at. if they were shot, they killed themselves on their own accord before yeah. getting arrested. Yeah. Um, and I just don't know how there's arguments against the realities of this situation Mm -hmm. like i i i I don't understand where in somebody's mind they can justify or because i've also heard a lot of arguments where it's like no that was sick and unjust and you know that's not fair but and it's like no there is no but there there's no that's the end of the sentence that's the end of the argument right there is that was civil uh, sorry that was uncivil and unjust that was unneeded Mm mm-hmm that's it. That's the whole argument. There is no but to that, mm-hmm. you know? And what I don't understand is, like, when people say blue lives matter, that's a job. That's a choice. Yeah. You're choosing to take that ri- that role mm-hmm. on, right? And so when you become a police, your oath is to protect and serve the public, right? Yeah. So if you have to change your job duty, de- uh, d- job duty and description based off of your current environment needs, when the public puts you in this position... That should be okay. Because yeah. as a flight attendant who is in charge of safety, right, if a pandemic happens and all of a sudden our entire job changes, I'm not going to sit there and be like, flight attendants' lives matter. Yeah. It was my choice to be on that plane. It's my choice to serve these people during a pandemic. Mm-hmm. I'm not sitting there complaining that I feel unjust because all of a sudden the world is asking me to be better yeah. at my job or do a different lane within my my job description. For sure. That's my problem is that you decided to be a cop you decided to take an oath to serve and protect. You are deciding, and I'm saying you as far as these people who fall under this category, yeah. and if you feel triggered, then maybe you fall under this category, but you're deciding to abuse that power mm-hmm. and treat people like trash because of your own reality and your own brought-in emotions towards whatever race, towards whatever situation, towards whatever ethnicity, and maybe you're not qualified to do this job, and if you aren't, you need to have the wherewithal to be like, yeah, let me get trained because this is important to me if I want to keep this job. If not... Get another fucking job. Mm -hmm. Because no one's requiring you to be there. Black people, people who are getting unjustly treated, 
don't have a decision or a choice to not be black. So that's the whole difference of saying Black Lives Matter because you can't take your uniform off of a black person mm-hmm. to say, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. But as a cop, you can. You choose to treat people the way they do, the way you are, or whatever the case is. And again, when I say you, I'm saying those yous, yeah. right? Like not all cops, because I know, I personally know cops who I actually truly enjoy, truly appreciate and truly think that are doing a great job but Mm -hmm. the ones who really are letting the situation get the best of them and really going ham on these situations and wondering why they're in the position they are there's consequences for what you do after the actions you take considering the job that you're in so if i were to be on a a flight and i mishandled an emergency situation i go down with the ship even though my intentions were well intended Mm -hmm. if i did something that was improper as far as protocol i go down with the ship i have to go through those consequences i feel like the same should happen with cops as well as any other job yeah that's what that, that, that's that's what doesn't make sense it's like if a I pilot mean, it all comes down to ego ego like put your ego exactly. aside because what you're doing is you're creating the conflict between these ideas that between the idea that these two lives matter differently mm-hmm when somebody says Black Lives Matter, we all know at this point, or we should all know at this point, it's not saying Black Lives Matter more. It's saying Black Lives Matter, and we need you to understand that whenever you find yourself in a situation where you're face-to-face with a Black person. You need to understand that their lives matter just as much as yours do, mm-hmm. right? Like, there's no comparison in, like, ours is more important. It's just, ours is just as important. Yeah. When you say Blue Lives Matter in in dispute to that that argument you're trying to make the argument that like your lives actually matter more and we need to put more emphasis on like making sure that you're safe bitch you are safe you are fully equipped with these like life-saving resources that put somebody else's lives immediately at danger Mm -hmm. right like uh, that's like just put (laughs) check your ego and be like you know what? I understand as a police officer that like my life is important. Fine. Great. Great. We love that. We point. understand that. We agree your life is important too. But if you were to put your ego aside for a second and be like, okay, I'm going to put that fact to the side and I'm going to look at just like a black person standing in front of me and understand and acknowledge and respect the fact that like their lives also matter. Right? Like, that's the only argument mm-hmm. that should be made. Mm-hmm. If, if somebody could just check their own ego, there wouldn't be this dispute of, like, well, our lives matter, too. And it's like, yeah, no, no shit, Sherlock. Right. Like, we all know that. Right? We're just trying to make the point that, like, all of our lives do matter. Right. Just e- equally. And it's, like, one of those things that, like, if you look at this hypothetical African-American person in your mind, right? Like, if you close your eyes and look at this person and you don't feel connected to this person, but then stop and put this person as if, they were the same connection as your brother Mm -hmm. or your mother or your Mm -hmm. boyfriend or your husband or your son or your daughter. And like, how would I treat this person differently if they were that close to me? If there's a difference there, then clearly there's a problem. Do you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that like you should treat, ideally yes you should treat everyone like they're your brother your sister blah blah blah, because that's that agape love that a lot of christians love to preach but realistically i understand that me and you will feel closer than me and someone else off the side of the street but i also don't think that i would intentionally bring those um 
judgments or prejudices to this person if I didn't know them. Mm-hmm. But then again, if I if I am, I need to have the wherewithal to understand if those get brought up, let's let's talk about it, not just deny it and yeah. be like, no, you're you're psycho. Yeah. Um, and I think I've said this conversation before, this example before, but it, that's like being in this entire neighborhood and one house is on fire mm-hmm. and everyone runs to the house and it's like, we need to put that house out. And then someone else runs out of their house and they're like, well, what about my house? All yeah. houses matter. I have a house. It's like, Right, I understand you have a house, but that house is on fire. Yeah. That house is the house that's in need. Yeah, yeah I understand that, but I have a house too. It's like, right, bitch. That's exactly what the fuck that sounds mm-hmm. like. You're you're saying that your ego is more important even though you're fine over here sitting pretty. So like mm-hmm. calm the fuck down. Yeah. And you're fine. And I say that in the most loving, compassionate way, but <laughs> fucking calm the fuck down. You're fine. Yeah. Okay? Cuz even me being a black person, I still feel like I'm more privileged in a lot of ways than other black people, but that doesn't mean that my black experience is more important or less important in that what I experience is the reality of all black, black lives. And mm-hmm. just because I might not feel the prejudice all the time because the way I speak or the way I look, cause I'm half or whatever the case is, that doesn't mean that all the other black experiences don't exist. And I can recognize that. Yeah. But I don't understand why people just because it doesn't happen to them personally or their reality. Why are you saying that you're because my ego, my person hasn't experienced it. It doesn't exist. Shut the fuck up. Mm -hmm. You've never seen a penguin in Antarctica yet. You know, they fucking live there. Yeah. So go suck a dick. And I say go suck a dick in the most compassionate, loving way. wrap this motherfucking thing up come on <laughs> so jumping into in season shane what do you got for us this week well the first thing that i just i i remembered like halfway through recording this podcast that when i listened back to the last episode we put out i was mortified because not once not twice but thrice or more times i was talking about the actress julia louise or louis dreyfus and i kept calling her eloise julia <laughs> eloise and the first time i said it, i was like oh i fucked up and then I heard it again. I was like, wait, what? And then it happened again. I was like, oh my God, I'm like mortified and nobody called me on it. But I just want to say like, I'm fully aware I miss I misspoke. <laughs> um, so I'm just saying that. But the other thing that I will say, and this was my in-season, like I want to say a few weeks ago, but I have an update on it. And so I'm going to make it my in-season again because I truly believe it's important. I, as of yesterday... Am officially a registered voter to this address, hey. so I know my voter registration status. I'm gonna have a mail-in bo- uh, ballot coming to this address in my name. Um, I have like my own little barcode that proves my like uh, residency and and whatnot. And I just want to say like that was a two two and a half month process from the time that I initially registered to the time that it was processed and me calling to check up check up on it. And then the importance of calling in and checking up on it was I found out yesterday. So like quick backstory, I was originally registered to vote vote at our old house address, Bacaro, in Long Beach, like years ago. And I just kept it when I lived in Long Beach because I'm like, it's just driving across Mm -hmm. town. It's not a big deal to vote. When I moved to New York, I obviously registered as a New York City voter. So when I came back, they still had me on file, not as like a registered voter because I had already been in another state, but they still had that address on file. And they were like, I have you at Bacaro, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I know I'm trying to update my registration. So yesterday she was like, well, we have the update. Like I can see your signature right now on the sheet that you just sent to us Mm -hmm. a couple months ago. 
And she's like, for some reason, they didn't change your address. So like, it wasn't until I called and had somebody do it over the phone with me and then asked for a voter registration card to be sent to this new address. Cause she's like, well, we sent one out. And I was like, right to the old address. Yeah. And she goes, oh, you're right. So like, it was on me and my responsibility to make sure that like that shit was handled because this important is this election is like so unbelievably important. And so my end season is registering to vote. I like that. Yeah. I, I like that a lot. Yeah. Um, that's so annoying that you have to jump through so many hoops. <laughs> yeah. And I under, like, I will say, I don't believe that this would have been as hard if we weren't dealing with COVID at the same time. For sure. Because each time I called, they were like, we're so backed up on processing the papers that are coming into us because their hours have been reduced. The staff yeah. number has been, re- and I, I understand that. But at the same time, like, how do I register to vote if these places are underfunded mm-hmm. and under understaffed and resourced? And I so always did a mail-in vote ballot because I feel like it's the easiest way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like literally can't be easier than that. Yeah. I but mean, I, I was prepared to to request a ballot from New York to oh. be sent to me if it came down to that. Because I'm like, what else am I yeah. going to do? But I know some people like the physical act of like taking time out of their day to go. I don't even need vote. to do because I'm going to still do it by mail here. But I, I just... I wanted to make sure that like I did everything I could and I didn't want some sort of like voter fraud situation to come up where like I'm claiming residency in California, but I'm still voting in New York yeah. like that. I don't want to like fuck anything up that way. So it is annoying though that like now when there is a presidential election and there's like so much emphasis on being registered to vote that there, this still was a two and a half month process. Mm-hmm. And had I started it now, I wouldn't have been registered in time mm-hmm. to vote for this upcoming election. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, cool. I, I support that. Thanks. My dad is calling. Oh. I'll call him back. Um, my in-season this week is the idea of stillness. Um, mm. I feel like obviously there's a lot of change going on. And I keep having these like emotions about what my future might look like because mm-hmm. of like financial status and stuff like that. And my, ske- my schedule being changed and the pandemic and blah, blah, blah. A lot of the main things that we've been covering over yeah. the past few months, obviously. Um, and I just realized like I've, it's been catching up to me, but I haven't shined light on it mm. because I like started feeling like anxious without knowing my body started feeling tight again. Um, I started feeling a little bit depressed. Mm. Um, and I think the problem was that I was like letting a lot of my emotions win Um, without thinking about, wait, why am I feeling this way? Why am I doing this? And I had to tap back into stillness to understand that like none of it matters, but it's easy for us to get wrapped up in it. Mm -hmm. And, um, all we can do is take what we have and just, you know, make do with it. And I only bring this example because I feel like for me, it changed my outlook on it. And so, um, I just want to share it forward because maybe it'll change people's outlook. But my dad was talking to me and I don't know if I said this earlier, but he was like, there's this idea that when you do everything correctly, you think you deserve some sort of reward at the end mm-hmm. of it, right? Like, that's what we're trained to believe. And at a certain point, that is true, right? Like, if you do put in effort, a lot of times you do get there should paid be an out. Outcome, yeah, yeah, there should be an outcome because then why else work towards something, right? Mm-hmm. But there's this idea that, like, how can this happen to me? Like, mm. oh, my God, how can a flat tire happen to me or whatever? But then you, like, take yourself out of it and you're like, yeah, a flat tire can happen to anyone. Yeah. It sucks, right? But 
it's like I played the game as good as I could. I, you know, got my driving driver's license. I listened to all the lights. I watched all the lights. I looked at all the signs. I stopped where I needed to go. I followed the speed limit, all that stuff. That's the game of life. But then still, say you go through an intersection on a green light, but then someone runs a red light and hits you. How, like that unjustness of like, oh my God, I did everything right. But how am I still losing? It's like, yeah. that's life. Chaos is happening. Mm-hmm. We're always trying to control chaos. That is like the goal of life is controlling chaos. Yeah. And I need to remember that chaos happens. And even though I feel like I'm doing everything I should be doing to like create success, chaos is still going to happen and it's very unpredictable. Yeah. So I was having moments of feeling like people were running red lights. And I just need to set back and be like, that happens and that's okay. Let me just regroup. And that stillness of just being like, I don't want to say emotionless because I don't want to sound like I'm unplugging from the world, but just the idea of like, there's things we can willingly unplug Mm -hmm. from and I'm not going to let myself get taken over by those situations. So this week is stillness for me because there's a lot of chaos going around. (laughs) A lot of chaos. Uh Yeah. Um, but as always, you guys, that kind of wraps up this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, as always, if you want to give us a gift, cause you like this episode or any previous episode, um, if you could do us a favor and like follow us and subscribe and rate and review and all of that, if you want to follow along with us on Instagram and see what we've been doing for the past few weeks, you can follow us at fruit snacks pod or if you have any questions or feedback you want to give us in a more formal setting because we professional like that you can email us at fruit snacks pod at gmail.com and as always thank you guys so much for listening and we will catch you next week goodbye bye